Hi, I'm Clint Hardy. And I'm Jody Koch. We've been middle school choir directors for well over a decade, and I've learned a lot through trial and error. We're here on a mission to create community, culture, and confidence among fellow middle school choir teachers. We want to share in your joys, validate your concerns, but also give you practical teaching advice each week. And let's just be real. We're here to take you through the mishaps, mistakes, and middle school drama that we all experience. Welcome to the Choir Chronicles. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Choir Chronicles. And today we're going to do something fun and interesting, right, Clint? I thought our podcasts are always fun. Well, this one, (laughs) we're putting you on the spot, and later it'll happen to me, but... This is Clint Spills the Tea. Jody interviews Clint. So he tried to skim over these questions, and I was like, stop. No prep. This is a no prep assignment, sir. I'm on the spot going to be answering things that I'm not sure. So I have written 11 questions to ask him, but I think you guys are going to learn a lot from this. First of all, just kind of comparing your life to another choir director like oh yes I do the same thing oh yes I've had the same problems oh wow I didn't know that that's helpful information but also kind of in a fun new format so here we go question one tell us how long you've been teaching and how long you were at each of your previous schools just kind of give us a rundown of your teaching career okay I'm going into year 14 um I did my first year or actually my first two years in Cleburne, Texas. And then I moved to Mansfield and stayed for three. Uh, Past that, I went on to Keller, but I went to Central High School in Keller and spent two years doing that. Uh, And partially Hillwood, your job. (laughs) And then I moved to Trinity Springs and I'm going into my seventh year here. Nice. That's great. Um, So you guys can see kind of like Moving around, he stayed put for a while, but it takes, it's kind of like Goldilocks, you know, like, which chair is right for me? Isn't mm-hmm. that Goldilocks? Uh, and the three bears? <laughs> yes. Yeah, like... The porridge was too hot. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. well, it's like finding your perfect school. So, what would you say, after these 14 years, give me kind of your philosophy of education, like your why, the most important things to you as a choir director, be it musical, non-musical, tell me about that. Definitely, it has changed since the beginning. I think I began teaching and quickly learned that, like, I needed to learn how to survive Mm. as a teacher first. And that really took priority over why I was teaching, because I just needed to figure out how to do it. Um, Then I moved into, like, finally figuring out what I was doing by the time I moved into Mansfield and then felt more confident when coming into Keller but I really feel like my philosophy of teaching really has to do with humanity mm-hmm. and the way that kids are treated as human beings. And if you raise them and you teach them to be great people first, I think the rest of it kind of starts falling into place. Not always easily, but mm-hmm. it starts falling into place uh, quicker. And if you focus on the kids being great humans, then you can get them to be awesome musicians. Mm -hmm. And I always say that to the parents. Like my first job as an educator is to teach your kid how to be the best person possible, best human, and then they can be great musicians. And I really don't think you can have the second without having the first. Um, Really? You know, I, there are rare exceptions, but when you're tapping into the sides of your humanity where you're accessing your emotions and your really digging to the core of who you are 
music can help bring that out um, in ways that other things and events and classes can't. Right. I'm I'm fully believing in that statement. Absolutely. I agree. And would you say that drives how you teach and how you approach kind of the big picture of your school year? Absolutely. It does, does do that for me. Um, I don't know why I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the spot. I'm on no the spot. Prep. Yeah. <laughs> Which doing I'm, great. is actually fun. <laughs> it does drive the way that I teach, but I also teach based on things that I feel like I didn't necessarily get as a kid. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like when you become a parent, you know, you want to make sure you give your kids the best. Yeah. I want to give my students the best that yeah. I can be. And it's what did I not learn and what could I have learned had I been in a place with a bunch of resources? And right. yeah, I, it's also hard when you teach in a place where people think you have a, a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. And in some ways we do, yeah, and in we others do. we don't. Yeah. And so, I walked into this school, Trinity Springs, with not a lot, you know, no kids, not a lot of anything. Mm -hmm. Every other choir room in the district had a sound system. Trinity Springs (laughs) didn't have a sound system. (laughs) I couldn't play CDs. I couldn't Bluetooth anything. Like, there was nothing. So you have to dedicate yourself a lot at the beginning. But when it comes to the way that I teach... I'm hard on the kids, Mm -hmm. but I also know that they need that. Um, Kids don't always know that they need or like structure, but eventually they discover that. They do. And Mm -hmm. I I can say that I've spoken to many children about being in other classes with other teachers who don't have classroom management or structure, and they don't like those classes. And whereas I may push the kids to be the best that they can be. And every time they get close, I raise the bar higher. <laughs> uh, they appreciate the fact that we're working bell to bell, even though they're like, Oh, can we have a free day? Nope. We're nope, going. Never. Like, this is how we do it. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into my third question is tell me what you think your former students say about you. You know, I think it depends on the level of life that they're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Actually, yesterday I got an email from a high school officer who's going to come and help with a camp that we're doing soon. Mm -hmm. And he let me know that he is going to actually be going to UNT next year and he wants to be a choir director. And like that was really like groundbreaking for me. I was like, oh, wow. I mean, I've had a lot of kids say thank you along the years, but like hearing someone say that like I had an impact in them going on to be a choir teacher, like hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting. Yes. Um, And so it was nice. I think that they say that I care about them as people and that I would do anything for them. They know that I give them a lot of opportunities that they would not have otherwise. Yeah. And I think that especially my kids who don't have a lot financially, they would say that they're very appreciative of what I do for them. And some of them realize that I pay out of my own personal pocket for a lot of things and Mm -hmm. some don't, but they understand that like I'm giving them opportunities that they wouldn't have gotten outside of that. I mean, taking them to a Rangers game. Some kids have never gone to a sporting event. Like, and although that may be a foreign concept to a lot of people, like, and I don't go to sporting (laughs) events, but like, that's something that these kids would not have 
gotten yeah. or taking them to sing at a convention or submitting them for an honor choir, right. you know, like anything that maybe breaks them out of the boundary of their little room at home, mm-hmm. you know, right. <laughs> especially nowadays, right. After everything's COVID. at their fingertips and, but oh, I would, th- they would say that I love them, that I care about them, that I, uh, I'm a tough love mm-hmm. type of teacher, um, but they but they know that I would do anything for them. All right, former students, write in, uh, email us at thechoirchronicles at gmail.com and tell us if we're right. <laughs> JK, no, you can. That would be great. All right, so number four, give me, we've talked a lot about just ridiculous, vulnerable stories about ourselves so far on the podcast, but can you think of something we may not have talked about yet, an embarrassing story from your career? Yeah, it's uh, it's slightly scary, slightly embarrassing. It was my first year of teaching, and of course. yes, of course, it was the first year, and we were having a great time, and we were in boys choir, of or, course, of course, and uh, or at least I called it boys choir at the time. Now I call it tenor bass, and we immediately went into a lockdown drill and I didn't know what was happening. This wasn't planned, at least something they didn't tell us. So of course I lock all the doors. We're in a hard lockdown. (laughs) Like the lights are off. We're all in a, in a small confined space. And I mean, hours are going by and we're like, there's no communication. And this is also a time where like, you didn't have a laptop, you're on a desktop and smartphones are not, you know, yeah, not, not really out there, not really ha- a thing. And, you know, kids are like, Oh my gosh, I've got to go to the bathroom. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. There's a practice room right there. <laughs> you want to take that trash can. Um, and then finally, like someone is like coming in the door and I'm very nervous. And, but they, they walk in and I see that it's police, the police. And they're like looking around the room and I get up and walk towards them and they're like, you need to sit down, young man. And I'm like, oh, excuse me? And they're like, where's the teacher? And I'm like, oh, hi, I'm, I'm right here. Although I have no hair right now. I did have hair my first year of teaching. So young man. I guess I looked like a middle school student. So I'll take that as a compliment. Did the kids laugh? I mean, the kids busted out laughing oh. and it definitely broke up the monotony of sitting in her yes. room. Yes. Was everything okay? The police came? Yes. Everything was fine. Okay. Some child just reported that someone wearing red was carrying a weapon and it happened to be during Red Ribbon Week oh, on brother. Red Out Day. No way. <laughs> so, of course, they're going classroom to classroom. I mean, it was What insane. a loser. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, sometimes we look back now and be like, I wish I was mistaken for a student. Mm-hmm. But alas. I'll take that. So talk to me about, I know because we're friends, a big journey for you in recent years has been... Um, your journey for more work-life balance. Can you talk to me kind of about that? Yeah, it's it's a not-so-fun story <laughs> at first. You kind of, I, I, at least I feel like, I shouldn't say you in generalize, but I feel like it was drilled into me that, like, your life, if you're going to be a choir director, is choir and choir alone. Yeah. And, like, this is what you do to get the places you need to go. And especially I've shared that, I wasn't quite the shining gold star of college. Um, People didn't think that I was going to be successful. And 
that was said to me indirectly and directly by multiple people. So you just like, I threw myself into work and it was hard to become, be in long-term relationships. I, quite a few of them actually failed because I was constantly working, working, working. And not, not that there are not times now that I have to go home and be like, ah, okay, I've got yeah. to do this. But I do way less of that now. Um, and it was something that I was working on in the 1920 school year anyways. That's the first year I kind of like, okay. Yeah, because it's been like a drastic, quick change that I've noticed in you. A very quick change. And so it was the first year that I had Olivia as my associate, who's no longer here. And... Um, she was great at like, hey, we're going to eat lunch in the teacher's lounge. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I've never done that. All right. So we weren't working through lunch. It was like there were things helping me along the way. I had just gotten out of, well, I shouldn't say it, just gotten out. A year prior, I had just gotten out of a three-year long-term relationship. Right. I, that did not end because of my job uh, due to various other reasons. And so I was off and on dating and... It was nice to like, okay, I can go do these things in my personal life, but if I need to be at school, I can. And then I reacquainted with George at yeah. the beginning of 2020. And that was a, a great moment for me to be like, oh, wow, like I'm having a, such a strong connection with someone. And I haven't felt this way in a very, mm -hmm. very long time, if not ever. So I really want to dive into this head on and I want to give this my all. Yeah. So I started striving to do that. I was doing less at, at, at school and doing more in my personal life, but also that's when the pandemic hit. Right. You know, everything, stopped. everything came to a screeching halt and then having March to August kind of off, mm -hmm. even though we would log in once a week and do a Zoom and like, nothing we were, like our normal job, nothing <laughs> like our normal job for sure. You know, I wouldn't say it was one, 100% off. Clearly, I was still teaching during that time online a little bit, but it gave me time to reflect. And I did a lot of journaling and realizing that I was spending too much time at work and I was, excuse me, I was living to work instead of working to live. Yeah. And that was hard, 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 hard to realize but my body started feeling better. Like my physical body started yeah. feeling better. And you were having some health issues on and off. Like we don't have to get into yeah. that, but he was having like just various health issues that could have been due to ongoing stress or mm -hmm. lack of sleep, you know? And, and that was what a concept of like actually getting eight hours of, of sleep <laughs> a night. Like the, there, doctors are right. You know, that's, yeah, you know, there's that's a crazy. reason they say that. Yeah. It's crazy to say that out loud. Like, yeah. Oh, hello, Clint. Of course, doctors are correct. You know, yes. but you don't realize how much your body's suffering until you have that amount of time to be like, wow, my body almost kind of did a hard reset. Yeah. And it gave me time to reevaluate a lot. And now I'm able to like say, Hey, I don't, I don't want to do this yeah. or, Oh, I, I do want to do this. I need to prioritize how to do it. Right. And I will say this out loud. You didn't really kind of ask me this, but I'm going to say it because I feel like people need to hear it. A lot of people have maybe, um, no, not maybe they have directly said you do too much. Yeah. And I'm like, Clint, you need to think about what you're about to say. Yeah. Uh, but here on my podcast <laughs> or our podcast, I can say whatever I want. It's true. 
no one can tell me that I'm doing too much. Yeah. I get to de- determine that. You know, even my fiance, who I love to death, can out of care say, hey, I think you might be doing too much. Right. But no one is allowed to tell you anything. You get to say, no, I can actually do all of these things. Right. And who are you to tell me that I'm doing too much with my program? It's how you're wired. It you is. Know? It's how not just you, but any of us are wired. And we both, like Clint and I both, know and discuss our boundaries a lot. Like personal boundaries and around work and home. And like I think you're right. You kind of know what you can handle if you're being really intentional and self-reflective about this. Absolutely. And I've seen a lot recently about like, there's no like gold medal for being the last one in the parking lot. Yeah. And I, I hear that and yeah. I don't disagree, but also I feel like there are people that are sometimes being shamed for working a lot. Mm-hmm. And and I hear that there is a balance and yeah. for sure. I, at one point was that person who was like always here, but people are allowed to do what makes them feel right and feel good. Mm-hmm. And if you are struggling to what, to feel like, oh, am I doing too much or am I not doing too much? If you want to reach out and ask me and we can have a conversation, yeah. I would be more than happy to to have that conversation. But we shouldn't be shaming anybody on either side. Right. Like, and everyone's in a different season of life. Mm-hmm. Like you and then a young parent to two young children are in a different place or someone who has grandchildren or someone who lives farther away. Like we can't compare everyone's in a different place in life in a different season. Absolutely. And I am in a a different season than I was 10 years ago when I was single and felt like I could spend 16 hours of school a day. I could do that now. I, my body would not appreciate it. Right. And I don't even know that I physically should be doing that. Like back then it was nothing, but now I'm like, Oh my God, it's eight o'clock. Yes. Got to Well, I am very proud of you for all the progress you've made well, on thanks. that and that you've been very self-reflective. So so if you had to completely leave the field of education, like not like I would be a consultant for choirs, completely leave education, what would your job be? If Is this if I like could pick anything and would automatically get to do it or like, yes. okay, any, if I yes. had to pick a job and could do anything? Yes. I think that I would really love coordinating weddings. Ooh, yeah. really? Yeah. We'll see if you say that in about uh, 12 more months. <laughs> now that I'm getting married, the same way. Okay. I might feel differently. I also feel like if a secretary got paid at least what a teacher got paid, I would love to be someone's secretary. Like, you I'm would so whip good at or- someone into shape. <laughs> into shape, yes. <laughs> okay, and then what about if you had to do something else within the education field? So you can't be a choir teacher, but what else would you want to do within the education field? I think that I would actually be a really good instructional coach. Um, and if that was like a non choir thing, like I, I would still be good. I feel like at, at doing that aspect yeah. of like going in the classroom and giving feedback. But I think I would love also to be like a choral specialist yes. and like go into classrooms and work with people one-on-one or groups, group trainings. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to think like, Oh my God, what would I do outside of choir? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but 
I think training people and being involved with giving advice, um, mm. or maybe even just like a mentor role, like yeah. that. I love mentoring people mm-hmm. um, because that's something that I feel like I did not get a lot of. And again, as I said at the beginning, I try to give back what I feel like I maybe missed out on or saw right. other people have um, that I didn't. And that's not always anyone's fault. You know, you sometimes you just don't have the resources right. to, to do what you yeah. want. That's true. Um, tell me what you think your top strengths are as a choir director. And this can be like in front of the ensemble or not. Oh, my top strengths. Yeah. I would say that my top strength as a choir director is how musical my kids sing. Um, I For sure. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can get kids to emotionally invest in what they're doing yeah uh i you weren't in the audience at uil but hey carla hardy if you're listening <laughs> you were so i'm giving you a shout out uh we did uh hagenberg's oh love uh-huh. at and that's how we finished our uil program and our swagda program from this past year and if you listen on the recording you can hear sniffling because the they're kids crying. are crying on stage Aww. and I, I did too and it was the only time all year that I took off my mask, yeah. I wore a mask all year last year, even at Swagda, but for Oh Love, just that one song, I took my mask off and I let the kids see Aww. how emotionally devoted I was. Um, and they, they too, it was like no barrier between us. Yeah. Like, I don't like the piano to be in front of me. I like it to be to the side because I want to feel like there's nothing between yeah. the choir and I. That's interesting. At one point in time, I would say people would say that I was like, the qua- uh, the consonant king. My yes. kids can put on a consonant. Yes, um, that's still true. Often I get told, oh, that's too much. And I'm like, well, I'd rather have middle school kids put too much than yeah. nothing at all. Yeah, you can always turn it down a notch, but it's hard to turn it up. So I think out- outside of that, um, I'm really, really great at communication mm-hmm. with parents and, and kids as well. But like, I'm good at sending that out. I, I also tell parents, like, I think that I over-communicate, yeah. but, but find that better than no communication right. at all. We don't know, yeah. And most parents are like, yes, thank you, at least you're doing it, you mm-hmm. know, and then, of course, there are a few parents that jokingly they're like, oh my god, another email from you, and I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. that's right. That's right, because at some point, someone's going to email me a question about something that's in the actual email like, that you're as responding per to. <laughs> my last email. See paragraph four. Yes. <laughs> Subsection E. <laughs> It's bullet point E. Well, and I think that's great. Like if you're a newer teacher listening, like I couldn't have told you and probably Clint couldn't either in our first maybe seven to 10 years of teaching, like we couldn't have rattled off our strengths and weaknesses. But now I think both of us can. If you ask me, you ask Clint, like we can say, okay, I know I'm good at this in front of the ensemble. And I know I'm good at this behind the scenes thing. And we can also just as easily tell you, here's where I'm not as strong. And that's why I surround myself with this team, or that's why I'm learning this new skill. So I think that's great that you can quickly pinpoint it and you'll get there if you're a newer teacher. So something else that Um, I really like talking to you about is that you have a passion for middle school choir to be recognized on a national level. So can you elaborate on what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'm just going to say it. I feel like middle school choir is kind of walked all over sometimes or forgotten. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there are organizations, many organizations around the world where middle school choir directors like are a vast majority of the membership of these organizations, not all, but some. And I feel like the representation is, is quite flipped. Mm -hmm. Um, We see a lot of high school, a lot Mm -hmm. of college, a lot of high school, a lot of college, and then a little middle school here and there. And I'm tired of hearing the words, well, I just don't think we can fit that in. Well, no, we can fit it in. Like when the the majority of your membership is this one section, why are, why are we not focused on that? Or why when the people who are in, in a position of power to make change for the people who need it and want it, not, not doing so? Go off. Yeah. <laughs> um, middle school choir is often the foundation for choir, not music. Elementary music teachers do a really great job Mm -hmm. of that. But like often kids first experience with choir is in middle school. Right. And as a former high school choir director, and I, you you are as well. Um, I am so thankful for how much was you, well, it was you, you sent to (laughs) me these kids that were awesome. And, High school teachers need to be thanking middle school teachers way more. You need to show up. You need to be there. You need to follow through. And I'm sure that there are middle school choir directors right now clapping or screaming. Or crying. Like, we need to be recognized. And so the application, an application came out last fall. um, And Jesse Cannon, shout out to Jesse Cannon, who was like, hey, have you seen this? And I'm like, oh, no, I haven't. I'm glad that you sent this my way and I contemplated on whether I should apply to be the ACDA national R&R chair for junior high middle school and R&R stands for repertoire and resources not rest and relaxation no no got it um although if you start diving into ACDA and you start finding more resources Mm -hmm. and repertoire maybe you can feel a little bit more relaxed (laughs) um And so I decided, no, like if I'm going to sit here and say out loud that we need these things to happen, then I need to be part of that change yeah, or at least try to be. So I applied and I was shocked when I got the email that was like, hey, you have been selected and you are now serving for six years as the national. Six years. Six years. Okay. You Mm -hmm. didn't tell me that. Yeah. Uh, and what I'm, kind of an appointment is six years longer than the that's, presidency? <laughs> that's a, the way ACDA does things. And wow, I, I'm excited to be able to bring about some change. And that's awesome, you know, I the people in the the National ACDA office uh, are already excited about what we're doing here in this podcast. Yay, Gretchen Harrison. Yeah, that's right. They've been sharing it. Shout out, Gretchen. Hey. Um, she has been so excited and so complimentary of everything that I've tried to do to help middle school choir along. She was, she is a huge middle school advocate uh, as well. And I, I just feel like sometimes it's also, it feels like it's been ingrained in us that like as middle school choir directors, we should take the back seat and let people in high school and college rule the roost and run everything. But that's not the case. We can still be present and we can have representation and what we want matters. And I also want to clarify that I'm not saying that 
I'm not saying that every high school choir director or every college choir director is like, ugh, boo, middle school. Absolutely. Like, no. And we're not talking about like our specific situation or anything. It's just, it's very common what you're saying. Yeah. These are conversations that I've had with real people. Yeah. And when I've asked for, hey, online, I've said, hey, give me reasons that you feel like you're leaving teaching. One of them is they feel unsupported. Yeah. And a lot of times I read, I don't feel supported by admin or the high school choir directors that I feed into yeah. or choir director. Um, like that's hard to say out loud, but that's what people are saying. And as somebody who is an advocate for middle school choir, we, it, it's not good enough to just hold an office anymore. You have to do something about it. And sometimes that means saying the hard things. Yeah. And sometimes saying the hard things are going to upset the, quote, wrong people. And somebody might boo me for that and somebody might try to write me off. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I sat around and didn't say out loud what everyone is saying not behind people's backs, but, but behind closed doors, behind closed doors. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not going to be the gatekeeper of it and be like, Oh, well, I'm just going to hold all this information and do nothing with it. No, I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. And I encourage you that if you are in a state where there's a position open to represent middle school or junior high choir, you should apply for it. Don't think you're not good enough. Jennifer Gallagher, shout out to you, girl. She is the one that got me into like presenting. She said, Clint, I see what you're doing. Yeah, you can do this. You can present. And I was like, oh, I don't think I can. Like, who am I? I'm just, I'm, I'm nobody. And she's like, no, you are somebody. And that, that little bit of confidence, she will, Jennifer will never really know. Well, I guess she will now if she you're listening. She listens um, <laughs> You changed my life for the better. You told me I was good enough. And whether I didn't even really know you, I knew that you were on the TCDA board and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't even talk to you. You're talking to me, board member. Like, <laughs> you know, intimidated. I was intimidated, but you don't even know how much you changed my life with that one little sentence. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, okay. I have one more question to wrap up today. So if you won the lottery today, and didn't have to work another day in your life, would you still be a choir teacher next year? 100%. I don't think I could not. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also buy George whatever he wanted um, because he deserves it and is one of the most amazing people ever. And then what about me? And of course my bestie. <laughs> <laughs> because I have like a real long wish list, like yeah. Nordstrom, Tiffany's. We so. would go on a shopping spree. Okay, as long <laughs> as that. All right, well, I may buy you a lotto ticket for Christmas this year or something. Well, thank you for being vulnerable and going with my crazy questions. And I hope that other people could take some things from this, some nuggets and uh, hopefully kind of show your you that you're not weird if you feel certain things that you know a seasoned choir director does like yes i feel the same way and don't feel like you're the only person in the world that may feel some of this the things that i literally said out loud right. today and I, I may have said it in another episode i can't remember but who cares <laughs> um people have reached out and said like i can't believe you feel this way or you've experienced the same thing and i'm like yeah we're Jody and I are just humans. Mm -hmm. Like we're still people. We're still basic people. Like, yes. you know, that we're, we're not s special in any sort of way that makes us better than anyone else. 
the reason we're doing this whole podcast is to help people. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. not, I don't feel like either one of us sits on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Like we, we want to be there for everyone. Yeah. We're in the trenches with you guys. So mm-hmm. we'll have a wonderful week and thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the choir Chronicles. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the choir Chronicles. If you are interested in booking Clint or Jody for professional development, a one-on-one coaching session, or to clinic your choir, please email us at thechoirchronicles at gmail.com. Also, did you know I have a Teachers Pay Teacher store called The Choir Queen with over 100 lesson plans and resources just for middle school choir? You can head to my website, www.thechoirqueen.com, to access more information. And as always, if you'd like to hear about a specific topic, or ask us any questions, please reach out to us via Gmail, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next week for more tips and tricks.